0: everybody welcome to another great episode of late night podcast with Bridget and Holly I'm your host Bridget
1: and I'm your host
0: Holly and today we're going to be talking about pet parenting the do's and don'ts of pet parenting and understand that some of this is research some of this is just our advice from being pet parents all our lives you know what I'm saying so take it for what you will This is just the way we think about it so there's a few do's and don'ts to pet parenting that we feel like you should know the very first thing i want to say to any pet owner is be a pet lover not a pet collector and what i mean by that is only get the amount of animals that you can actually properly take care of if you got five animals and one gets sick and you can't take it to the vet then you can't afford five animals if you got to, you know, not get them their shots in time or whatever, then don't have them because those are things that I consider essential to taking care of your pets. If you can't afford it, then only get as many animals you can. If you can afford twenty animals and you can take care of all twenty of them properly, go for it. So that's my first take on that. And um, Holly, do you want to start with some things that um, that you you think about pet parenting?
1: Um. Yeah, I really agree with you when it comes to not being a pet collector because an animal, especially for me and you, and a lot of people just look at animals like they're animals. But for me and you, th- those are our kids. Those are our children, mm-hmm. and they get sick just like we do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 not perfect. We're not perfect. So if if you have You know, like you said, five animals and one gets sick and you can't afford to take it to the vet. That to me, that's being neglectful because if you had a kid, you would make sure your child got to the doctor. So you you need to do that with with your pets as well. But um, for me, with like with pet parenting, growing up when I was little, dogs were kept outside. They were hooked up to a chain, um, with a dog house. You know, big bucket for water, big bucket for food and whatnot. And things have changed so much because back then that was normal. When not downing anybody who does it, but I, I would never, never ever have a pet and keep them outside. I feel like they belong inside because. Yes, they, they are an animal, but the weather is so harsh on them. Mm-hmm. They're covered in fur. Who wants to be outside? And it's, you know, damn 100 degrees outside. And you can never yeah. get cool. A dog can never get cool the way they need to. But it yeah. also prolongs their life, making them an indoor dog. So many dogs pass away way earlier than what they should because of the weather elements. So, mm-hmm. my recommendation is if you are going to get a dog or, or a cat, whatever mm-hmm. you prefer, you know, keep, keep it inside because you do that, they're going to be protected. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're less likely to have to turn around and go to the vet because they got bit or stung by something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, avoid them passing away at an early age. So, I I recommend, you know... If you're getting a pet, make sure you keep them inside. It's so mm-hmm. much healthier, and it's just, it's just way better for them.
0: Yeah, and I 100 percent agree on that. And like you said, we we may say things and touch base on things that are going to offend some people or hurt some feelings, uh, but keep an open mind. Keep an open mind yeah. to what we're saying because, and I'm gonna, I think me and Holly both are gonna talk more in respects of dogs, but we mean cats, we mean rats, we mean. Of e- M- chinchillas, chinchillas, monkeys, whatever you have.
1: Guinea pigs, gerbils, be- uh, yeah,
0: to be Right. Now, again, talking on the dog aspect of it, whether it's a dog or a cat, but especially if it's a dog, I think that proper training is important. Whether you get a professional trainer or whether you do it yourself, just some basic training um, because honestly, a trained dog is a good dog. Or a trained it's pet a is a good pet. dog. Yes, and it's a good pet. If it's not, then you're going to be having your hands full of problems. And again, we go back to like a child. If you don't discipline a child and teach it right from wrong, you're going to have an unruly child well, the same thing goes with animals. And I know there's a lot of trainers out there that's like, you ain't supposed to treat your animal like a, 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 a human or a child. You're supposed to treat it like an animal. And they have that whole, you know, authority and in line authority and things like that. But I think some of that's hogwash. I, I'm not saying that I don't believe in trainers, because I do. I think they're great trainers. But I also think, just like Ruger, I treat him like a child, and he's a very well-behaved dog. Mm. Maybe some aren't. I get that. Maybe some some aren't, you know. But in the basic training, you should always make sure your dog has a decent recall. And what I mean by that is if it's running and you holler for it, it needs to stop in its tracks and come back to you. Um, I say that because you could stop them from getting hit by a car. You could stop them from getting attacked by another dog um, or something like that. But I will admit with Ruger, he has a decent recall. It's not a perfect one. If he's chasing a he's he's very um prey driven. So if he's chasing a squirrel or a rabbit or something like that, he it's gonna take me about four or five times of call on him to get him to listen. Instead of That's the not Charlie is it Yeah. Yeah, he's
1: a lamb. Yep, he's a lamb, so his hunting instincts. He's always wanting to go outside because in our yard we have a lot of wild rabbits. Yes. And he'll see a rabbit, a squirrel or a bird, and he will just, he'll dart off after it in the backyard. Now, true, our backyard is fenced in, so he can't get hurt, but we don't want the other animal to get hurt either, even though we know that's that's his instinct because he's a hunting dog. I don't want to see him kill, you know, a little baby wild rabbit just because that's what he does, you know? Right. I'm the same way with Ruger.
0: Uh, the good news is like with him, we watched him. He'll chase squirrels and chase squirrels and he'll chase them up trees. But we had a squirrel, a little baby squirrel that had fell out of the tree as mama's nest. And when it fell to the ground, I think it really hurt itself because it wasn't moving very much. Uh. And he went over and he kept nudging it. He kept nudging it with his nose like he wanted it to get up and run so he could play chase. Uh. So he didn't want to hurt it. He didn't hurt it. He just he was just kind of nudging it, and telling it to get up. So I thought that was sweet.
1: That is, oh, mm-hmm. uh, um, one thing for pet parenting that I want to say. There's a saying that really, really touches my heart, and it's where our dogs' best friend for a short period of time, but we're their best friend for their entire life. Right. You know, and when when you have a pet. Make sure you play with it. Pay attention to it. Don't just, to me, a pet is not just something you get and you just give it food and water and let it out to pee and poop. You need Mm -hmm. to show attention. You need to take, depending on what type of dog that you do have. Some dogs require extra, you know, attention. For example, Mm -hmm. like pit bulls and huskies. They're very, very active dogs. They can't just sit around Mm -hmm. in the house all day. You need to get Mm -hmm. out and walk them or let them run on a treadmill. Go outside and play fetch with them. Same with labs. They're hunting dogs. You know, Mm -hmm. take them outside and burn that energy. But if you don't, you know, that's going to cause problems in your house. (laughs) That's going to cause them to chew on shoes, chew on cords, Mm -hmm. you know, when you leave, I'll give you a perfect example. Before Charlie got trained with Jason, he had separation anxiety. And he literally shit on my couch. And I'm not talking about just a little turd you can clean up. It was like a big, it like a horse that took a dump mm-hmm. on my couch. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I kid right. you that night, that couch came out out of the house and a new couch came in that same night because I'm not you can't clean something like that when it seeps in to that foam and in stuff like that but it was because he had separation anxiety mm-hmm. and on the couch yeah. he smelled Jason's pillow and blanket that he had he had took a nap on on the couch yeah and so it's it's real important that you play with your animals, spend time with them, show them that you love them. You know, they got a statistic and they say that you should at least, at least pet your animal for five minutes straight every day Mm -hmm. because it releases, you know, endorphins and it's calming for you, calming for them. It's a way to communicate and show your animal that, Hey, I love you. I I care about you because like with, with Gracie, when I'm at work, it's like she goes into this depression. She's a totally different dog. She mm-hmm. don't play. She just lays and she sleeps. About 7 o'clock, 7.30, she starts getting amped up, you know, barking and howling because I get off work at 8. Come in, she's a totally different dog. She's loving on me, mm-hmm. licking me, wanting to play fetch and and all that, you know, so love your dogs pay attention to them don't just give them food and water and let them use the bathroom because they they need more care than that Mm -hmm.
0: i agree and then and just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying boredom for a dog will that'll cause them to develop bad habits like just being destructive to your furniture to your clothes to your this, this so i do i agree not you know you should play with them but they should also have a variety of toys Um, and, and a lot of people be like, I don't want to buy my dog a stuffed animal. They tear it up in five minutes, but you have to understand for them, that is a stress relief Mm -hmm. and it it satisfies their hunting nature. Um, I had read somewhere where it said when a dog tears up a a toy, that's got a squeaker in it and they get the squeaker out to them, it's like gutting an animal and that's satisfying to them. And if they can't gut that animal, then they're going to go for your couch cushion and they're going to gut that couch cushion. You know, what I'm saying? And you know, I never but-
1: knew that until you told me that because w- I think we were on the phone or no, no, we it was when we were at your house and Ruger had tore his toy up and there was stuff everywhere and you had told me about anything with a squeaker. That's what they do because that's their natural instinct is to to yep. stop that sound and, and to good it. And I, I never knew that until you told me.
0: Yeah, because what they do, they think toy. that yeah, they think that squeaker is the the like that ear, ear, is a, an animal squealing and hollering during death. That's basically yeah. what it's supposed to mean. You know what I'm saying? So that is strange. So let's talk about feeding schedule. You know, a lot of people free feed, and I'm not downing you if you free feed. If you do, you do. But I will tell you that that's more of a chance for your dog to become overweight, which you don't want because. It's harder on their joints, and it will cause you know um them to have to have hip surgery, knee surgery, and so forth, and so on. They tell us that for humans, for every pound you're overweight, it's an extra uh four pounds on your hips, six pounds on your knees, and eight pounds on your ankles so so let's say for instance for if it's that for us, think what it is for an animal. Um. So, and and when they start having, they're kind of like you never heard like for adults or humans if you break a hip, and especially if you're up major, like well that's gonna do her in. Her she broke her hip. She's done now. Well, that's what it is with elder elderly dogs. When they start breaking things, uh, it really wreaks havoc on their body. So I think a feeding schedule. I do two times a day with him, every twelve hours apart. Seven at morning, seven at night, six in the morning, six at night, stuff like that, about twelve hours apart. Um, And I feed him two times a day and make sure you research based on your dog's ideal weight, what they should be eating at each feeding. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to over, overfeed them and then end up, you know, getting overweight and you end up having to have, you know, joint surgeries for them and stuff Mm. like
1: that. Cause it's not good. It's not good for them. That is true. Now I am the opposite. We are a free feeder family and reason being is because, and I do believe, like, there are some dogs that will eat and eat and eat and eat. But, like, I, for a perfect example, um we don't really fee, free feed Charlie as much. Um Jason kind of has him on a schedule. Um We were free feeding him at one point because he needed to gain weight because he's just so lean. He He eats like a pig. But he Mm -hmm. will eat neat. But now the girls, Gracie and Sadie, we literally just fill their bowl up. And there's sometimes their food can last them all day or it'll last them two days. Now, we don't overfill it. But if you were to separate it, it will be about like two servings, maybe the two and a half servings that they would get. But they Mm -hmm. know how to stop. Like when I went to work this morning, me and Joanna left at, I don't know what we ran a little late. So it's a little after nine or whatnot and we filled her bowl up. She's Mm -hmm. in here eating right now and she still has a good bit. I probably won't even have to feel it in the morning, but I'll still check it. So there, there are some dogs you can free feeding it be okay because both Gracie and, um, Sadie are at their weight. They're not overweight. um, perfect way you know so they're not at at any risk of anything and even my vet said you know don't free feed and i said well this is the schedule that we have and she said well if they're not overeating then they're fine but if you see that they're starting to plow through food she's like you need you need to pick it up and switch their schedule but I, i i agree with more like larger dogs you Mm -hmm. probably want to do that because your appetite is a lot bigger but now Mm -hmm. i've seen some little dogs get a little hefty now Mm -hmm. and you know be walking and their belly be touching the ground so i I really think it just depends on what type of breed you get and and how they are but um it it probably is i would say it is better for a schedule because Back in the day, we did have schedules for our dogs, but with the girls, mm-hmm. you know, because it only takes so much to fill their stomachs up, and then yeah. you know they're done, they're full. But um, yeah, I'm in grants with with that, even though I do free feed the the littles. <laughs>
0: Well, and the thing about free feeding your uh your bigger dogs, bigger dogs they'll explain to you uh, they run more of a risk of bloat, and that's where yes. their, their stomach their stomach flips. So that's another reason you want to put them on a schedule because after feeding your bigger dog, and I would say anything over fifty pounds will be considered bigger, uh, because their stomach's like a hammock; it's only attached at each end. And so if they eat and their, their their food gets weighed down in the center and then they run, it swings back and forth and it can flip over. So by having them on a schedule, you know, like Ruger, I feed him at seven o'clock in the morning. I know for an hour and a half, he can't play or run. So I can monitor that better. If they're eating all through the day, I can't really monitor and make them rest yeah. after they eat, you know. So that's, that's another
1: good point to that. Um, One thing I want to touch base on too is um, now I'm not saying I've never done it because we did it with Bailey. We do it with Charlie, not as much with Charlie anymore, but um, we did do it a a lot with Bailey and we did it a lot with our pit bull Rocky both of them have passed away, but um, table scraps. Now some people will feed their dogs table scraps and they they are fine with it and stuff like that um i will say i've heard like what i've read and what my vet has said it it can cause a lot of a lot of health issues with them and short shorten their life and stuff so you really want to stick to their their diet you know with their dog food and stuff and it is hard because they'll look at you while you're sitting there eating the I mean, you be chowing down on some chicken and they're going to be sitting right there like, please, give me a piece of that chicken, please. Mm -hmm. But now Mm -hmm. I will say when I do, if we do give um, the dogs anything, it usually is like fresh chicken, um, maybe like a a tiny piece of steak here and there. And I mean little, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, our dogs just get, their dog food and reason being is because especially with little dogs they have very sensitive stomachs and it doesn't take much for them to throw up and yeah. charlie yeah even though he's a lab he has a sensitive stomach and he'll throw up or he'll he'll get diarrhea and there'll be so many times jason to give him scraps and he don't do it anymore now thank god but he'll give him scraps and I'll be like, Don't do it. He's gonna get diarrhea and you're gonna be up with him all night long. And then he's getting mm-hmm. frustrated because he's having to let, you know, Charlie in and out ten, fifteen times throughout the day because what he ate upset his stomach. Because they're, yeah. it's weird because if they're in the wild they kinda can just eat like raw stuff and it it be okay. Mm-hmm. But the food that we eat because it's so processed can yeah. really mess them up way more than, than being out in the wild and killing something, you know, and eating it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who make, which I know you used to make their own food with like raw chicken and rice and and vegetables. That's the healthy way that you could feed them too, because some of these dog foods, Bailey was allergic to and, the yeast in it would make her ears itch really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we, we had to, we went through quite a few dog foods before we found one to where she, she was just fine. You know, she wasn't itching in her ears and scratching all the time. She was just so miserable. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I recommend no table scraps just for the health of your dog. But Mm -hmm. it's again, it, it's, hard not to do because you're mm-hmm. like you know you're my child i'm gonna share my food with you mm-hmm.
0: yeah and see i'm very bad for that britney like britney it's a big no-no to her she doesn't let Riggs have any table scraps uh but for me with ruger i feed him a lot of table scraps but i do know the things if you're going to feed table scraps which i'm in agreement with you i don't think you should even though i do it it's one of those things that I, even though I'm doing it, I'm going to tell you it's best not to. Uh, just like you said with the feeding schedule. Even though you're not on one with both your dogs, you know it's probably better for him if he did. But with with Ruger, I can feed him table scraps and he's fine. Um, but with Riggs, if you do, if you would happen to feed him a little tiny bite of food, like you said, he's going to have diarrhea for days. Right.
1: Um,
0: it's not good for him. So I do recognize that. Um, I will say, if you're going to feed your dog table scraps, know what is good for them and what he, None of it's good, but they can't have onions. They can't have grapes. They can't mm-hmm. have raisins. There's a lot of things before you feed your dog, make sure they can have. Look uh, it you're up. Gonna, yeah, if you're going to feed them a piece of steak, make sure it's a lean piece and not a piece with fat on it because the fat will cause them to have, um, I can't think of that name. It starts with a P- but anyhow, it has to do with their liver it just it, it upsets their liver real bad uh when you're feeding them turkey and and, and ham on Thanksgiving, make sure it's lean and it don't have any fat on it because the fat is what really uh pancreatitis is what it is that's pancreatitis yeah. that, you get that, and it can make them real sick so you want and you want to make sure if you are doing table scraps, which you shouldn't I'm going to reiterate that that you're you know what you're feeding your animal. Because some foods that we feed them can be deadly. Now, I do want to let you guys know, if you feed your dog something that you later find out. I'll give you an example. I fed Ruger some grapes one time. I thought to myself when I was feeding him, he ate about six or seven. And I thought, can dogs even eat grapes? This was when he was a puppy. I look it up and it says, no, they were toxic to him. I immediately freaked out, but I will tell anybody, whether your dog gets into maybe some rat poison, uh, maybe get into some chemicals they shouldn't, eat something they shouldn't. If you take some peroxide and dilute it with just a little bit of water and let them drink it and make them keep drinking it and give them about 10, 15 minute intervals until they throw up, then that can save you a trip to the vet.
1: Oh, Wow. That is good mm-hmm. to know, and you also yep. too. A lot of people when they cook like um like fried chicken and T-bone steaks or you know ham hocks, they'll they'll give the dogs the bones, and you you nope. really shouldn't do that. And rawhide, oh my God, rawhide is really really horrible for your dogs. Like you do not want to, to feed them that stuff because it will mess them up way more than, than what you think and they also shouldn't have pork because um, pork can actually kill them and a friend of mine gave um, a friend of mine's friend gave their dog uh, pork and they died yeah because oh. that, that's one thing it's yep. something to do I think it's something to do with the sodium in it that they can't, that they mm-hmm. can't handle,
0: pancreatitis and stuff like that. It's real bad for that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, which Ruger you're going? I I feed him bacon, sausage, pork chops. I shouldn't. I feed him all the stuff I shouldn't uh-huh. feed him. I try to be a good a good pet parent, but I do I do feed him some of those things. I but do. you
1: know what? I don't think Bridget. I don't think it makes you a bad pet parent that you do it. It's just we have weaknesses because you look at that face and you're not thinking in your head, oh, I know I shouldn't give this to him, but you like, oh, here, here you go, baby, you know. So it doesn't make you yeah. a bad pet parent. I was just, you, you know, that's your baby and you know he won't eat. Because, I, I mean, if I was a dog, I would get so damn tired of eating the same damn thing every day. Every, Every day, day. twice yes. a day, yeah, But now I'm gonna tell you something that they got that is actually really good, especially for their skin and um for their fur. And the dogs love it when we put it on their dog food. But it's uh you can get them in salmon flavor, and there's different flavors you can get, but the salmon one is the best one. And you get their dog food, and you just put a couple of pumps on it. And stir it up, and they will eat it like there's no tomorrow. And it's really, really, really healthy for your dog because again, it's it's great for their teeth. It it's got so many benefits to it, and they don't even know it. But yeah, and what is, I, I look what at is my dog, called? and um, I'm have to ask Jason the name of it. And when we get off here, I'll I'll look because we we get it from Walmart, but um, it comes in a pump bottle, and it's the liquid, and you don't. Overdo it, you just do a couple of pumps and mix their dog food in with it and they'll tear it up and okay. it's great for their skin, their coat and everything. Okay.
0: So then other a couple of things I want to turn a touch base on is y'all, if you own a dog, if you own a dog and you take it in public, get you some damn bags and clean up its shit. Don't leave the shit laying there. Nobody that's wants just, to step that's, in a, it. that's a no no. Nobody wants to step in your dog's shit. Exactly. Also, but while we're while we're talking about, make sure you learn to read your animal. Whether it's a dog or a cat, make sure you know how to read them. Now, I'm gonna speak on dog terms, but if your dog is stressed, okay, you're gonna have excessive lip licking, yawning, um, dry shaking. If they're shaking off and they they're not wet, uh, that's because they're nervous. You know what I'm saying? Uh, trembling. Uh, whether they avoid you or they try to hide. they get. Have you ever seen a dog hover down? It's because they're trying to get little and not be seen, and they're trying to hide. If you see your dog doing that and there's somebody around and maybe they're trying to pet them or interact with them, be an advocate for your pet. Speak up and be like, you know, I don't think he's very comfortable, so let's kind of give him some space because your dog is trusting you to make the decisions for it. If you don't, if you don't, then the only way your dog has... To tell somebody to stop is to growl at them or snip at them or or hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Right, and it's that's like, oh thing
1: my thing. god, your dog bit me or tried to bite me. Well, no, you provoked my dog, and they were uncomfortable. Yeah. That was their warning sign to leave me the fuck alone.
0: Yeah. Yes, and that's where I'm also touch base while we're talking about this, y'all. If you have small children, I have grandchildren. I make my grandchildren respect my dog. Don't let them ride them like a horse or jump on him while they're laying on a couch or something like that. Or get up in their face. You know what I'm saying? Teach your children the proper way to be around a dog. Because what's going to happen is you could take a dog like Ruger that has a wonderful temperament, good dog. And I could let my grandson pull on his ears, smack on him, sit on him. And he's going to try and go like that. And if he, and one little hair like that could a little toddler like that could just rip his face open or whatever. Yes. My dog ends up getting put down because I didn't teach my toddler how to treat my dog. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Make sure that your children in the home, respect your animals. Because again, I go back to that when they're, when they're in that place, they're going to give you a warning sign. They're going to yawn, lick their lips. Do something like that, and if they do, call off whoever's around them and tell them, <coughs> leave them alone, back up. Because if you do that, your dog can trust you to make sure that you're
1: not going to let anything or anybody aggravate it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I feel like, I'm not saying a little kid should never get a pet by any means, but I do feel like if you're going to do that and get a pet and you have a small child, then by all hands down you need to be taking care of that pet and not letting your two-year-old pick it up by its neck and you know sitting there and shake it and you know pull her tail and pull her fur like that because that's painful for them and it will be no different than somebody doing that to your child in my opinion and some people might Mm -hmm. hear me say that and be like Oh, you going a little overboard. It's just an animal. No, bitch. It, my dog, my dogs are my babies. And I'm sure yeah. they hell, I'm not going to let anybody hurt my daughter. I'm not going to let anybody hurt my dog either. Because, you know, right. we're all considered animals. It's just we got to yeah. believe that they don't. You exactly. know? So, exactly. You, you, you got to, like you said, you got to be an advocate for your dog. And then. You know, one thing I, I want to touch base on, too, is if, if you have dogs, cats, whatever, make sure you, you get their heartworm pills. Make sure you get their flea and tick prevention. You know, our our dog, Charlie, he can get one bite from a flea, and it will mess him up. He is highly allergic to fleas. He'll yeah. start gnawing. No, yeah. He'll start scratching clumps of fur will come out and also also too you know a lot of people think oh well my dogs are indoors you know I don't need flea and tick and I, I don't need heartworm prevention you need flea and tick especially if they go outside to use the bathroom because it only takes one trip to go outside and they come back in with a flea and also for example Gracie and Sadie are little dogs they are puppy pad trained now some people may not agree with that <laughs> but the reason we do that, they are so little that it wouldn't take nothing for a big bird to come down and swoop them up. And that's one of my yeah. biggest fears because a girl, I know that happened to her. A hawk came down, got her little puppy and it was on the leash and snatched it. and She couldn't, she couldn't go get it. You know, they, it flew off. Right. So her puppy was gone. But, so anyway, for those two dogs, we do puppy pad training because they're so little. But just because they're mm-hmm. indoor dogs, you coming mm-hmm. in and in and out of your house, you know, people are coming in and out out of your house. It takes one yeah. mosquito to bite your your dog or your cat or any pet, and, and boom, they got heartworms. And that yeah, is a, that's right. I feel like that is one of the worst ways to let your mm-hmm. pet die is to get heartworms Mm -hmm. because it can, it can be prevented. And same as Mm -hmm. deworming your dog. When you get a dog, they're like, oh, we we dewormed them when they were a puppy. You still need to occasionally, you know, deworm your dog when they get older as well. You know, you you got to maintain their health just like you maintain yours, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And I want to touch base on that. That's Brittany will tell you that one of the saddest things to see is when a dog comes in with heartworms
1: mm-hmm. and they're
0: dying of heartworms because it can be prevented. And she'll tell you that heartworm treatment. So, in other words, if they get it and they're trying to treat it and kill them to save the dog, it is way more expensive than the preventative ever thought about being.
1: So, oh, she's yeah.
0: very much an advocate for that. She's very much one to tell you to make sure you get your dog's their heartworm and flea and tick prevention. It,
1: um, that is and true, and that follows that- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was no, just going to tell you real quick because uh, I know I shared it with you, but I did just want to share this real quick because we're on the subject of heartworms. Um, yeah. Me and what are you sniffing, Um, me and my husband had a a pit bull come into our yard, and it was a stray dog, humble as he mm-hmm. could be. We didn't know if we were going to take him in. He was scrawny. (laughs) He had been in a bush or something, so he had all these little sand spurs in, in his fur and all this stuff. So we decided to keep him. He had to have been an indoor dog because he was trained, but he was so humble. No aggression, nothing. Sweetest dog ever. So we cleaned him up, got him healthy, got, you know, fed him and stuff, and we took him to the vet. Well, he had heartworms. And the only bad thing is the vet couldn't tell us about, he couldn't really tell us how long he had had the heartworms, but we Mm -hmm. took care of it. But the downfall was he lived for five years and he ended up getting congestive heart failure because of the heartworms. Even though we treated them and got rid of them, they had done so much damage. But we, we, you know, we didn't know how much damage it had done. And so he ended up passing away um, five or six years later to congestive heart failure. And we were treating his congestive heart failure. And the vet made him as comfortable, you know, as he could be. And I guess just over time, you, you know, his heart just just gave out. Give out. So yeah. e- e- even if you catch it, You know, especially in a stray, you you don't know what damage is really being done. So that's why it's so important to, yes, make sure every month you do that heart, that heartworm peel. Because it's just, it's a sad, sad way for a dog to die. Because the worms squeeze their heart. It just, the worms just keep wrapping and wrapping around it and just squeezing it until they're gone.
0: Yeah, that, and my daughter says she hates to see a dog die from Parvo. Um, so make sure you, when you get a dog, you make sure you get it all its shots on time because that's Yes, important. distemper, parvo. Like that's things that can be prevented. So that follows, makes me follow up to get your dog a regular vet visit. So yeah, I know a trip to the vet's never fun. It's never, it's never exciting. It's always costly, but you don't just need to take your pet to the vet for emergency or sickness. You need every one at least once a year, especially yep. in an older dog. Especially in an older dog, just like Ruger. I I take him once a year and get his annual checkup and then do a senior blood panel on him. They just make sure everything's running like it could, just like it should on us. You know what I'm saying? When we start nah. getting older, no when we're babies and teenagers, we don't go to the doctor every year, but when we start getting older, we have to go every year and get our blood work done. Just make sure everything's running right. And for a dog, again, uh, an older dog especially, just take it to the, to the vet every now and then and yeah. just say, hey, you know, i want to do a checkup on my dog and just make sure everything's okay. Because if you, uh, you could catch something that if you didn't, you could let go and it could end up getting worse. If you say to me, well, Bridget, I can't afford that. You know, I got four dogs. I go back to be a pet lover, not a pet collector. Make sure you're, make sure you're getting only as many dogs as you can properly take care of. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, because
0: I'm not judging anybody. Yeah, I'm not judging anybody if you have a lot of pets. I am trying to educate you, you know, because I have been the one. I haven't always been the best pet parent. I haven't always take care of my dogs like I should. I'm like everybody else. I used to keep them outside. I used to not do the flea and tick prevention. I used, But it's through age and learning and our progression, like you said, with our pets, of everybody doing better yeah. with their pets. I think everybody as a whole does better with them now than they used to years ago. And my daughter says the same thing. But um, definitely, you know, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just trying to educate you.
1: Right. So, yeah, again... You know, as she said earlier, don't take offense at There's things that me and Bridget believe in that you may not. But it's not us saying that you're wrong or anything like that. You know, we're just trying to shed some light on pretty much on how, how we do things with our pets. Yeah. You may do them completely different, and, and that is fine. Is how you want to treat your little fur babies. You know, this is just how we treat ours because... Early detection, how she was saying, early detection is everything in a dog, just like it is with a human. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, vet bills can run up and you may not have money for, you know, the visit. But I mean, I will have to say that most dogs, when you take them just for a yearly checkup, it's it's usually under a hundred. So my thing is, if Mm -hmm. you think you don't have the money for it, then pick designate a a time during the year say okay say you're in the month of february like well you know what okay i think i'm gonna make september their yearly checkup and put the money away whether it's two dollars a week five dollars a week you know twenty dollars a month and then boom when it comes time to september you know you could take your baby to the vet get them a good clean you know get a checkup and get a good clean bill of help because you want them healthy Mm -hmm. just like you want yourself healthy
0: yeah that's definitely true <coughs> absolutely so also, y'all, I think one of the other key things when you have a pet, especially a dog again, I want to touch base on the dog, is there's a saying it says nobody nobody benefits from an antisocial pet teach your- teach your pets to be social. Social with people and social with other animals. And to do that, it's best to start when they're puppies. Get them out in the environment. Desensitize them to being to being pet by a lot of different people. Desensitize them to other animals. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you're socializing them with humans, you want to make sure the interaction is positive. Again, watch That's their true. trigger signs. Are they licking their lips? So And now you're not going to like every person. When your dog is aggressive or dislikes someone, trust your
1: dog. There's yeah, a reason they, are they telling don't like something. It. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you
0: may love that person. You may love that person, but there's something about that person that dog picks up. Whether it don't like animals, whatever it is, trust your pet. Don't force your pet to, to socialize with someone or something it doesn't want to. If you're socializing with other animals, time and patience are really the key with that. But make sure you reward them for calm behavior and do it in an area that's neutral. So in other words, you don't want to bring a new dog into your home and force your pet to interact with them because that's their territory. Um, a lot of times mm. I've even seen cats before, if you bring something new or somebody, they'll go hide under the bed for days and won't come out. Um, so don't force your animals to to interact. Uh, offer them to interact with other dogs. I I don't necessarily recommend a dog park, because you don't know, are are the dogs part the dog park all vaccinated? Right? Yeah, are they all vaccinated the way they're supposed to be? Are they are, the, are all their temperaments well? Are I they well behaved? Um, are they well behaved? Yeah, I tend to believe more in doggy daycares and so forth because it's more of a controlled environment. Right. Um, but Ruger's always went to daycare; he's very well socialized, and that has paid off plenty of times. Um, because like I said, he's uh, he's he's very good with many other pets and he's very good with many other people. But that's just my kind of take. Holly, do you have anything else this evening you want to add?
1: No, not, the, I, the only one last thing that I do want to tell people is please get your dog, your cat, whatever. Please get your pet spayed or neutered. And the reason I say that is... Yes, so they don't, you know, get pregnant by another animal. You know, as Bob Barker always said, you know, on the prices right. three I, say, so, I yeah, feel like we're on the prices right right now. I know, right? <laughs> but um, my my dog Bailey passed away last September, and she was fourteen years old, and I should have done more research. Again, you know, she's fourteen, so that that's a long time to have a dog and, she, and usually because of the type of dog she shouldn't have lived but to be i don't know maybe about 12 i think so she kind of lived she lived a long life well she had a litter of puppies and i always thought okay well she had a litter of puppies then she should be good and we didn't need to get her spaded um but we should have because she ended up with um pyrometria and it really it's a deadly disease like it, it can kill your dog if you can't get them to the vet and also if you don't want a high vet um bill get them spayed and neutered because that was over two thousand dollars to save our dog's life and true you know she lived for about almost two more years after that and some people are probably like oh i would just put my dog to sleep Mm-mm. we we had bailey way too long that best dog we've ever had everybody loved her everybody wanted her friendly with any dog any person she was just an amazing dog and i don't want to see mm-hmm. anybody go through that anybody you yeah. know so make sure you get him spayed and neutered to a cut down on you know the males spraying it'll cut down on cancer um for the females, the just so many things it it can mm-hmm. take away, which will make their life better and make them live longer, mm-hmm. and will cut down yeah. vet bills in your pocket, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, get them fixed yeah. <laughs> well and it, and
0: it, it's it's a lot of benefits to it there's health benefits to it, and like you said, yeah. it controls the pet population. To where you don't have so many pets that wind up in uh, yeah. in humane humane society or the dog pound. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because right. you know a lot of people are having having more animals than than they want or than they can take care of. So that's definitely definitely some good advice right there. So with that being said, you guys, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've learned something, and I hope you've not taken anything as criticism, but only helpful advice. But that's our take on being a good pet parent and some of the, just a few of the things. That's not all you need to do. Those are just some yep. of the few key things you need to do, you know, essential things you need to be, do to be a good pet parent. Y'all make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell for other episodes like these on every Tuesday and Friday night. We are also available on Spotify now. So make sure you go download the Spotify app and look for us over there. It's the same name, Late Night Podcast with Bridget and Holly. Also, y'all, we're trying to do two new series. It's a confession series, and it's a question series, Ask Bridget and Holly. So if you have a confession that you would like to confess and keep your name anonymous, we would love to hear your confession. Or if you have a question that you want to ask us and you want answered, then you can email us at Holly at gmail.com with your confession or your questions, and we'll start doing those episodes probably in the next season which starts in January. Um, But y'all, I'm glad you tuned in tonight, and I'd like to see you again. Bye, y'all.
1: Have a good night.